Hello and welcome to Archway's Western Civilization Podcast. I'm your host, or one of them, Marie Archway, and today we will be exploring yet another chapter in The Best of the West. I've been on a little bit of a sick leave from the podcast, but I'm very happy to be hosting once again. Now, there is this common problem when we talk about the Middle Ages, uh, that we associate everything in the Middle Ages with heresy, and plague, and death. And, I will admit, those are some pretty exciting parts of the Middle Ages. But it is, a, it is an issue in the modern age to keep looking down on the past and not really understand what day-to-day life was like. Believe it or not, people in the Middle Ages were just as capable of having a good time as people in our modern era. In fact, I'm willing to bet quite a few poker chips that you have played one of the great medieval innovations from Europe. And that's right, I'm talking about playing cards, and also tarot cards if you're into that sort of thing. So to start with, we are not entirely sure who is responsible for the invention of playing cards, if it evolved at different places at different times, or if all of the playing card iterations informed each other. Uh, the earliest playing cards we have are from China. Uh, China had woodblock printing a long time before Europe did, and in 700 AD, there was some kind of card game going on there. Now, we need to be careful uh, to distinguish card games and tile games. China had both in 700 AD in the Tang Dynasty, but they are different enough that many of the historians talking about this want to differentiate them. So we will consider Mahjong not a card game. India and the Mughal Empire also had their own iterations of playing cards. Their playing cards had tons of different suits, most of them being wild animals like the boar suit and the tiger suit. It is possible that both Chinese playing cards influenced Indian ones, or perhaps they grew on their own separately, and it is also possible that both of these styles of playing cards eventually made it to Europe either through trade on the Silk Road or by other means, like through Venetian traders. It seems that the most likely candidate for the origins of playing cards as we know them today would actually be the Mamluks and other Islamic empires living in about 1100 to 1400. The Crusades, as bloody and wild as they were, were actually one of the reasons that Europe kind of got back on its feet after the Roman Empire and imported a lot of new art, culture, and philosophy from the Islamic empires. People who went on crusade would come back with either spoils of war or they would just decide to live in the new holy land and stay there for a long time. Either way, there was a very interesting trading of cultures at this time. And the Mamluks were 
the first progenitors of playing cards as we might recognize them. Now, it is also possible that playing cards didn't come as a result of the Crusades, but as a result of very good trading relationships between Europe, specifically the Venetians, and the Islamic empires. That would be more in the 13 and 1400s. Cards from the Mamluks were incredibly ornate and would often be gilded with gold and really interesting and cool design patterns, as well as some of the iconic calligraphy. Not necessarily quoting scripture, but they would be quoting different poems or just really interesting phrases. Now, decks of cards didn't quite take off in Europe until around the 1400s. The trouble was that, at least in many of the cases, you would have to draw all of your own cards. Or you have to pay somebody to draw all your own cards. But everything changed with the arrival of woodblock printing and engraving. Now, printing and how it revolutionized Europe could really be a whole two-part episode. And this is only one of the ways that it changed the whole landscape of Europe. But because these cards were no longer a huge commission from an artist, it was a lot easier for regular people to obtain them. Instead of drawing all of your own things, uh, woodblock printing and engraving was basically kind of like taking a stamp that you could reuse over and over and over again instead of drawing everything by hand. And this was very revolutionary for everybody who wanted to gamble and just play regular cards. One of my new favorite artists originated in this time. Now, we don't know his or her name, but historians have taken to calling them the master of playing cards. Now, the master of playing cards, we don't know where they lived, we think it might have been Germany or possibly Switzerland. And the reason that they're called the master of playing cards is because their art was on all sorts of playing cards in the 1400s. They were an engraver, which is a really new art for Europe at the time. And engraving is like a mixture between painting and carving and metalworking. Uh, from their style, art historians assume that they were a painter before they learned how to engrave, but their pictures are really, really amazing. And their pictures are so good that not only was it used for playing cards, the pictures are also found in books of hours and Bibles and other printed materials from all over Europe at the time. Even though it's a little ironic that the playing card artist also has pictures in the Good Lord's book. But we'll get to the church's opinions on card playing later. Now let's talk about the art that was actually on the cards. So, I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with our four standard suits. The hearts, the spades, the diamonds, and the clubs. But in medieval Europe, suits were kind of all over the place. It was a real jungle. 
There weren't any standardized car decks, so it varied person to person, and it also varied country to country. Or should I say, kingdom to kingdom. There weren't countries yet. Now in England, you might have the what we consider the traditional suits, hearts, clubs, diamonds, spades. But in Italy, the common suits were cups, batons, coins, and swords, or coppe, bastoni, denari, and spade. Or in Germany, you might have hearts, acorns, bells, and leaves. Or maybe you live in Spain, and instead of diamonds, you have gold. There was a whole bunch of variation. Or maybe you just feel like, instead of the regular suits that I know about, I want it to be the coat of arms of all of the royal families in Bohemia. You could do that too. Honestly, it was kind of the house rules on whatever suits you wanted to use. Also, decks of cards were commissioned pieces of work most of the time, so it was pretty easy to personalize what you wanted to use. Depending on how rich you were, obviously. But wouldn't it be cool to have a personalized deck of cards? Now let's talk about royalty. In our modern day, we have the Jack, the King, and the Queen, and the Ace if you're wrong, or if you play differently. And it was also common to have royalty cards in the medieval decks as well. Except the Queen didn't gain popularity until more the 15 and 1600s. And in the earliest decks of cards, it was actually more of a jack, a knight, and a king. Or maybe it would be a page and a lower page and a king. But again, there is so many variations when it comes to medieval decks of cards. Now the ace is interesting. Ace is actually a French word that used to mean one, or like the side of the die with the one on it. And it later came to mean ace as in the card representing one. Because of language disparity and how many different dialects were in Europe at the time, let alone even the different languages there are now, it's unclear what each different country would have called the ace or the card representing one. Now, what kinds of games did people in the Middle Ages play? Unfortunately, in all of the scholarly research I consumed, I was not able to find an exact answer for that question. As you might guess, people weren't really writing gamer guides back then. Well, unless you account for that monk who was writing about chess in the 1400s that was mentioned in our other episode. But anyway, we know a lot about the games that were played on cards back then because of sermons given against card game playing and city ordinances that state which games are legal to play within city limits. Card games are also occasionally mentioned in various kinds of poetry, both in medieval Europe and among the Mamluks as well. Carnuffle from Germany and parts of Bavaria is actually one of the oldest card games that is still in play today. It's a trick-taking game, and I will include the instructions to play it in the show notes so that you guys can play it. We know about Carnuffle because it was approved in various cities in Bavaria and Germany, and it was written about in a poem. Now, it wasn't that the church was against cards themselves, 
they were more against the act of gambling, which is both by chance and taking money unfairly. There were also medieval rituals and practices and even some talismans and amulets that people would make or buy in order to do well at card games. And this was considered a form of not being a good Christian. Now, I would be remiss if I did not talk about the most evil playing cards there ever were, tarot cards. Nowadays, we look down on tarot cards. We associate them with witchcraft, we think that they're hokey and dumb, but originally they were actually just another game to play. I'm actually a pretty big fan of tarot cards. I was gifted some by the co-host of this podcast. Also, I think tarot cards have the most beautiful art of any deck of cards you could buy on the market today. So there's that too. As for whether they can see the future, I guess we'll have to see in the future. <laughs> Joking aside, though, tarot cards are actually an offshoot of the original playing cards that we see in the rest of Europe. Before they were mystical, magical things, they were actually just a form of a trick-taking game that was very popular in Italy. They rose to popularity a little bit before Machiavelli wrote his book, The Prince. Tarot cards originated in the court of Ferrara in around 1460. And it would only be in the Renaissance that they would be used for mystical, magical, future-seeing purposes. Now, why should we care about the crazy old games that crazy old people used to play? As I stated in the beginning of the episode, it's important to realize how people lived in every aspect of their lives when studying history. This helps us understand how they used their time and the art on different decks of cards and tarot cards in the Middle Ages has provided really great insight for what medieval people wear and what their daily activities look like as many of the cards featured people doing regular work and regular chores around the house. Playing cards help us relate to those in our past and Maybe if we all get to sit down one day, we can play a nice round. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Archway's Western Civilization Podcast. As always, all my sources are linked in the show notes and the rules to Carnuffle. If you'd like to support the podcast, I highly recommend giving us a five-star review, sharing with a friend, or going to podcasters.spotify. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Marie Archway, and that's history for you.